Welcome to the 831 Podcast. This week, we are focused on the impact of Larry Nellis, the head coach at Kokanee Glacier, and one of my 831 people that helped me live my best life. This is the third in a five-part series. The first episode was called Laws of Gravity, and the second is called Motivated or Manipulated. Please go back and listen to them to put the next three episodes in context for you. At 13, he taught me the rules of 100. 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, 100 bench hops. You get it. 100 miles in one day, any day of the year, on a bike. I achieved what he told me to do, and I rode my bike from Calgary to Nelson in four days, a distance of 400 miles. We climbed to the peak that early morning and watched the sunrise as we ate breakfast. We prepared the lifts in the hill, and he was teaching me what it takes to be the best of the best of the best as we waited for the campers to come up from the camp. I'm Jungle Jim Hunter, and you're listening to 831 Living Your Best Life podcast, where we inspire participation, communicate precision, and empower performers to podium. And please tell your friends and relatives to go to their favorite podcast provider or to junglejimhunter.com or YouTube, and you can subscribe, download, click on like, rate, and review us, and become an 831er to learn what you can learn to live your best life so you can help others live their best life. Well, there we were on the rocks at the top of the hill, waiting for the campers to arrive. And Larry Nellis was teaching me about Newton's laws of gravity and how it affects you as a ski racer. But what was happening inside of me was not only was I understanding the laws of gravity and how it applied, but inside was the laws of the heart. I called it that. It's nowhere in a book or anywhere. It's what I learned. It was what was affecting me. And Newton's first law in the law of gravity is it applies to us all equally, that it pulls us all equally down the hill. And he used to say, when you get in the starting gate, you're the same as everybody else. The second law is a body at rest stays at rest until acted upon by an outside force. So until I get it in gear, I'm just standing there like every other racer. Today, we look at the third law. Newton's laws apply from the math and science perspective, but it is the laws of the heart that make the difference in who finishes on the top step of the podium. Yes, that's the difference. It's not what you do on your skis. It's not what you do in your job. It's not what you do in the race. It's what's going on inside your heart that matters. We move in the direction of current dominant thought, and our first response, if we are emotionally driven and not trained, takes us up or down depending on which side dominates us. You see yourself as a winner and you work towards that and your first response is to move in that direction and you have the better chance to win. You see yourself as a loser and guess what? You move in that direction because it dominates you. Your emotions dominate you and take you where they want to go. Newton's third law is a body in motion continues in that direction until acted upon by an outside force. And this is what happens with skiing. There's a simple way for a coach or an astute skier to know who's the fastest skier on the hill without ever having to use a stopwatch. The fastest skier is the one who you can see the speed in them on the right line, but you can't hear them. You can't hear them because the skier is in the right place working with gravity. His skis are not sliding. He's not throwing any snow and it's propelling him forward down the hill faster and faster. The challenge for the ski racer is simple. Just make sure you're ready for the next turn and apply it all over again and do it again and again from top to bottom. Larry said, when you lay the ski on edge, bend it in reverse camera and make a smooth arc, it must cut like a knife and not like a spatula. 
He grabbed my hand, placed his palm to palm on mine, and started making arcing S-turns. And I understood the feeling and the direction and equalizing the force, the centripetal and centrifugal force. Again and again until our pressures matched. Do it right and you arrive at the next turn faster and you win. It's just that simple. The constant battle is between the body and the mind. The body has to adjust and be fast enough to be prepared for the next turn. The mind has to believe that it can make the next turn and each one after that. And this is where the fight goes on inside the athlete. It's the same with the guy that's trying to hit a home run or the guy that's trying to strike him out or the guy that's trying to kick the ball into the net. Do it right more often than anyone else and you stand on the top step of the podium. This is working with the laws of gravity. It is the limitation of the outside forces that change direction, and it is the fight with the constant changes that the heart fights inside. The law of the heart says your heart will continue in the same direction until acted upon by an inside force or an inward force. We don't like change as human beings. And so when we take off at the start and all of a sudden by the fourth gate, we're going faster than we were before, well, things change every second. And time is only one thing. Time is one simple definition. It's the measure of change. If you are in sync on your skis, but your heart and emotions are not in sync with them, what is about to happen will tighten you up. You will back off. You will throw the skis sideways to get control again. The Olympic champion knows he's the champion before he even competes because he knows who he says he is and he believes it and has prepared himself to be so. They are congruent with themselves. Technically, you have to be able to do what the activity you are pursuing demands of you to do everything that you have to do to stay within the laws of the activity. However, the heart and emotions inside cannot be fighting with itself, knowing that you are not who you say you are. A person that can do things naturally has trouble if they get knocked down because they didn't know how they arrived there. The person that has had to work through every knockdown and twist and turn and had to persevere knows what has to be done and what they can do to face the same challenge, but knows it because they have been there before and they fought their way through it. At the heart level, you have to be congruent with what is happening on the outside as well as what is happening on the inside. If you grow up being compared to others, or if you compare yourself to others, or if you have always judged how you are doing compared to how others are doing, you are not congruent with yourself because you're congruent with a ghost that keeps on moving. You are congruent with who you are compared to yourself. They are them, and you are you. And you don't know, and they don't know, how you both arrived at the place where you're about to compete against each other. So comparing yourself to others or having parents that compare you to someone else is really destructive. Because there are too many competitors for you to keep up with, you can't possibly know everybody at the competitions. We start comparing results then. The challenge there is you don't know what they may have just learned, so it comes back to applying the rules of the heart. Compare you to what you did best last. And no, this time you are in the moment of measurement where time and you are going to be prepared to make the changes you need to make while it's happening. Not the ones they have to make, the ones you have to make. Comparison is a weak way to grow. My father would watch the crops and teach by asking questions. 
He noticed and would point out to us that the crop was always uniformly the same height, except once in a while you would see a group of heads from one plant significantly higher and healthier than the rest. What happened, he would ask. Not sure. Then he would explain. That plant, seeking what it needed, found a rich vein in its pursuit of change and growth of moisture and fertilizer. It found what it needed and it used it to grow more significantly higher and healthier than the other plants. You can't focus very easy to find what you need if you are always comparing yourself to what others are doing. Congruency. I grew up without TV. No comparison. Hockey night in Canada would come on on Saturday nights, and once in a while, my father would take us over to the neighbor, and we would sit and watch Hockey Night in Canada and watch the best of the best of the best. Sometimes the aerial was not aligned. And the very first time I saw it, I said to my dad, why are there 24 players on the ice? He looked at the TV, then he looked at me, and then he looked at our neighbor, and he said, I have to go and adjust the aerial. He would adjust the aerial and the shadows of the players that were playing came together. They became congruent in the image. The signal is not always aligned. It's not congruent with itself. Are you who you say you are? The heart and emotional training requires you to be your own gatekeeper. You must make sure that who you say you are, you are, where no one else can see. This forces you to be playing by the rules, so when acted upon by an outside force, you are who you say you are and who you've prepared yourself to be. You can't say I'm going to be the best of the best of the best if you know you didn't do the work to prepare. And believe me, every athlete knows if he did the work. Who are you at the heart and emotional level? If what you are trying to become isn't who you are, you have work to do. If you're going to live your best life, you have to be the kind of person that lives that kind of a life. I want to thank you for listening. I know this is a challenging thought today, but think it through. I hope you will have grown and will be living your best life the next time we meet. Oh, by the way, my quote for the day, I wanted to leave it with you last. Are you who you say you are? <laughs>